Hello and welcome to the Tips and Its podcast with Sia and Pip. We're an audio podcast based in Glasgow where we talk everything that is yarny, nitty and fabulous and sometimes we do tend to get a little bit tipsy along the way. Whether you are a new or returning listener, we are delighted to have you here with us and let's get on with the show. I have an important question for you. Go. Should I try and do buttonholes when I'm drinking and trying to record? What could go wrong? Babies babies can't do buttons. They don't have opposable thumbs. Yeah, it's fine. You're grand. You're grand. (laughs) I don't know if everyone heard Sam giggling in the background there, but uh, when recording at night, when the baby is asleep, needs must, you might hear him in the background. I apologise. Hi there. So Sia, tell me what you're drinking. Hang on, we've not actually said hello to anybody. What is this? This is amateur or... No, no, we did that last podcast. We've got to be professional. Hello and welcome to the Tipsy Knits podcast with me, Sia, and Pip. (laughs) Did you forget your name there? No. (laughs) I did a flourish and then I forgot that people can't see my beautiful face. That is true. Your face is beautiful. If only we could be asked to do a video podcast. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked. Hello and welcome to Tipsy Knits. For the third time you'll probably hear this, this episode... (laughs) If you're a new listener, we're sorry. If you're a returning listener, we're not sorry. You knew what you came for. <laughs> you knew what you were signing up for. There's 45 other episodes of this. <sighs> yeah, and I've got to say, what were you doing with your life listening to all of that? <laughs> all nearly six years of it. Okay, cool. So we've got, we've got the introductions out of the way. We've insulted the listeners. If what are you drinking? I am drinking gin. Specifically, I am drinking bigger gin, which is B-I-G-G-A-R. And the reason I'm drinking bigger gin is because I saw it and Sam went to school in bigger. So I was like, I've got to try this bigger gin. So it's only a small bottle, so it doesn't actually have any details on it. So I went to see what people were saying about it. And in 2018, Paul Jackson is quoted in the gin guide as saying that bigger gin combines a heart of juniper, citrus, herbaceous characters with gentle woody spice and sweet notes and an enjoyable smooth mouthfeel. The outcome is a flavoursome and moorish London dry gin with complexity and impressive balance between sweet and savoury, freshness and spice, florals and woodiness. Bigger gin carries the core of a classic London dry gin and tailors it to the personality and flavours of the Scottish landscape garnish with orange peel i do not have an orange peel but apparently it won the london dry gin category of the gin guide awards in 2018 let's i gave this a sniff and i feel like it singed the hairs of my nose so um, Uh, 43 percent. that's okay we'll see how it goes oh that's really nice it's not as like punch you in the face as other gins I don't know how to describe it. It's smooth. It's nice. It's warm. Like it's, I know gin makes you feel warm anyway, but like the flavor is warmer, I think. Yeah, I really like it. It's nice. I'm bad at describing flavors, but it's tasty. I like it. 
Good. Can I say something really strange? Is it about that guy using the term mouthfeel? Because if so, <laughs> I have opinions. <laughs> so to me, if I'm drinking gin normally, it feels... This is going to sound really weird. It feels tall. Like, gin has a tall flavour to me, whereas this feels more like a wide flavour. I'm not being funny. I know we agreed, like, up front that we were probably going to chat about bodies and size and stuff. I didn't think you'd bring it in this early. (laughs) No, like, I don't know how to describe it. Like, normally to me, like, the flavour goes up, but to this, the flavours went to the side. We look so confused. I'm sorry, listeners. I don't know what I'm talking about. You're not sorry. Um, Never apologise. What are you drinking? (laughs) (laughs) I'm completely rethinking how I drink things because of you. Thank you. So I too am on the gin. It was my 30th recently. And my best friend up in the north got me some rock rose gin. And it's their pink grapefruit old pom gin. Gin. I keep trying to say gin. I've not even had, I've not even had a sip. So it's got a flipping beautiful bottle. Like I'm just stood here. I'm stood here. I'm sat here with the bottle and it is amazing. And it's from Dunnet Bay Distillers. And they say on the front of the bottle, our precious key botanicals are blessed with the freshest air and purest Highland water. They are lovingly prepared before being hand distilled to create a true taste of our beautiful and rugged coastline. I've been there, can confirm. So this is pink grapefruit and it's a classic sweet old tom with a zesty finish. Apparently it's one of nature's little treats. You can see the size of the bottle, Pip. This is not a little treat, this is a big treat. Yeah, that is a, that's a big The treat. I've got it with tonic because why not? <laughs> and first of all, I don't know if that was tall or wide, I'm thinking. <laughs> I'll be honest, the way I drink gin, that was more or less tall, less wide and more back of the net. (laughs) (laughs) It's light. It's really, like, gentle and zesty. Mm -hmm. So I very much rate it, both as a gin and as a bottle to have upon one's shelf. Yes, it's a very pretty (laughs) bottle. But thank you very much, Emma. She's the best. Emma is excellent. Excellent person with an excellent taste in alcohol. And friends. Yes. She's our friend. Well, maybe questionable taste in friends, but you know. We're really kicking this off in a very professional manner today. It's, it's... Look, Tipsy is in the name, guys. Tipsy's in the name. We've been in lockdown for a flipping year. Uh. If it's tasting things that are tall and wide. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the April episode. <laughs> Woohoo! Conveniently recorded in March. <laughs> it just yeah, nothing if not prepared. Yeah, it it totally doesn't take me two and a half weeks to edit an episode. No, it's fine, Pip. As I just as as we discussed before the start of the episode, we are not women trying to have it all. We are just women trying to have most of it, and we're doing what we're doing just to like get by and have most of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah, so knitting. Mm-hmm. That thing that yarn, we do. Yarn and click clacky things. Yep, yep. Click clacky things is dice. I've seen the hashtags on Instagram. It's hashtag click clacks. There are different types of click clacky things. Ours are the needle I've kind. Never, yeah, but I've never heard needles referred to as that. Well, 
You've never oh, heard alcohol refer to as tall or wide either. <laughs> You're on top form tonight, love. <laughs> you want to tell people what's on your needles? Um, mostly the same thing as last time. So I still have my Caterline by Carrie Westerman. I still have my Finola by Eva Nee. Mm-hmm. I still have my Cozy Stripes Blanket by Attic24. But I'm thinking... I might actually just stop where I am with that one and leave it as a scarf or a cowl because I'm like, I know I'm never going to finish this blanket. And maybe I could use the yarn to make a flax, like a stripy rainbow flax instead. That'd be cute. Never know. But I do have a new cast on, which is the Circled Two Hat by Willy Wormhead. In some yarn I bought in 2013, which is an easy knit, steeply wicked skein in the potion class colorway, which is like purple and green and a bit of blue. And it's very pretty. And I covered it. And literally it's been sitting in a project bag with the printed out pattern since the patterns went up because I bought wow. I bought the ebook at the time. And uh, they've been sitting for years to the point where the pattern had actually kind of faded a bit, so I printed out a new one, and she's done a full redesign of the ebook in the meantime. So, like the whole style and everything was changed. Um, but it's my first sideways hat. I'm very mm-hmm. excited. I am enjoying it. It looks really cool. And I decided I was going to do this one first because it was an easier way for me to figure out like the stitch maps than Azula because I want to make Azula by Woolly Wormhead, which is like intarsia and sideways knitting and I'm just not like the chart made my head look like go confused so I figure I make this one I figure out how to read the charts then I can do Azula and it's actually now I know what I'm doing really quick and easy and I'm really enjoying it oh awesome yeah so Willie Wormhead's patterns are just all amazing so I have a feeling I'm going to be on a sideways hat kick for a while now. So I heard via Twitter, Wooly's Twitter, that Wooly is coming out with a book. Yeah, I saw. That's exciting. Yeah. Like you can pre-order it. It's an actual book book that's going to be oh. in stores. Hmm, like Waterstones and stuff. Yeah. That's so cool. Oh. I'm so chuffed for her. So what have you got on the needles? Okay. So I have a semi-secret project still on the needles that is a gift for a very special friend who can probably guess who they are and probably guess what it is, but whatevs. (laughs) I mean, I could have made it easy by just not mentioning it, but... And then technically I have a baby lush cardigan on the needles, Mm -hmm. except I don't because I was picking up stitches and I didn't like how I'd done it, so I pulled them off the needles. So technically, <laughs> nothing on the needles. But something. Yeah. yeah. A button band to go, right? <laughs> yep, one button band. So it's a Lush Cardigan by Tinker Knits from the Handmade in the UK book, which is like nearly like a decade old if it isn't already. Like It's one of the first knitting books I ever bought. I know, I know. I remember like working in a yarn store when it came out. What? Like, yeah. And I'm knitting it in some chromatic yarn sturdy sock and it's in the blooming grove 
colorway. So it's um, last May's Caduceus colorway. It's so cute. It's like a turquoisey green with little like pink and like lavender speckles. It's really cute. So it's meant to be a DK pattern, but it's me, so I did it in blue. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the main thing I've worked out is I have no idea how big babies are. Babies are various sizes. Like, yeah. But like, I was looking at the instructions, it was like knit this for this, like knit the sleeve for this many inches, and I'm like, that could be a baby's arm. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. So yeah, th- this this may or may not fit a baby. Who knows? Um, it looks baby sized, but babies are also different anyway. Like yeah. it's all a guess. Yeah, and also it's not for my baby. It is for a family member who is expecting. Well, technically, it's for the expecting family member's baby because. The expecting person is tiny but still too big to wear it because adult sizes versus baby sizes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's cute. It looks the right size. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's theoretically the not to six month size, but I don't. Who knows? It'll fit something at some point, even if they just put it on the dog. So. <laughs> Like my policy is knit a load of stuff. They've got it if they want it. If they want to burn it or like put it on a doll or give it to someone else, that's their prerogative. Either way, once it's gone from your hands, it is no longer your concern. Yeah, Pip, what's off your needles? Technically, like these are both off my needles, but they were actually mm-hmm. both mods. So the first thing that's off my needles is I did end up adding some extra length to my swallowtail sweater just on the hem. Mm -hmm. So I just like undid the cast off and added like an inch, an inch, two two inches, which is fine. And the other one is that I redid the yoke of a sweater, which I now call my sunset byway. I Um, love it. Because I was not comfortable wearing my sunset highway anymore because the views of the designer and the values of the designer do not match my own. And I did not want people to think that they did. So I never wore it, um, which was sad because it's one of my favorite sweaters. So I redesigned the yoke. I frogged the yoke and I re-knit the yoke with this new design because I was like, like hell am I giving up the insane amount of work that went into that sweater, which fits me really nicely. And I really like the size and fit and everything I was like I am not giving up all that work so I just undid the yoke and re-knit it with this other design and I love it I love it I love it so much I have in fact put a blog post up at my blog ramseybaggins.wordpress.com where it has all the instructions on how to do it yourself and it has the chart because I feel like there are quite a lot of people out there that would want to do the same and don't want to frog an entire like sweater. Mm-hmm. And I love it so much. I might actually now make one myself from scratch mm-hmm. because it's pretty and I like it. And various people have done various things with their Sunset Highways. You frogged yours. Yeah, I full on um, took scissors into a different sweater. Yeah. Angie of Gamer Crafting. Gamer Crafting overdyed hers so it's got like this cool like faded black yoke now and it looks really cool yeah so mine is how to detach the yoke 
and re-knit it with a different design. And I really love it. I'm so proud of it. And I did think that the Sunset Byway name was pretty funny. I was proud of myself for that one. (laughs) So yeah, those are the two things that are off my needles. Both things that have been off my needles before. (laughs) (laughs) How about you? Uh, So I full-on commit to the baby knits this week because I sort of ran out of yarn for the secret project and I'm waiting for more to come in stock so I can order it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knit a barley hat, a baby barley hat by Tinker Knits uh, using chromatic yarn, sparkle sock and sturdy sock held together and it's both in the spirit guardian. And then because I still had some yarn left, I knit some baby Elgin socks. Aww. And that's um, the socks by Claire Devine. Mm-hmm. And they're super cute and tiny. Oh my gosh. I've been winding Philip by like putting them on my feet and seeing baby suck do 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 do. Because I'm a dick. Yes. I love it's it. really satisfying. Uh, but yeah, like baby socks are so cute. Oh, they are so cute. Um, again, I was knitting them and I was looking at them like, I don't even know if like a baby's foot will get through the ankle hole. Baby's feet By when now. they're born are so teeny tiny. I look at the socks that Jay wore on like the trip home from the hospital and I'm just like, how? Mm. How did they fit? Because they're so smart. So smart. Very cute. So yeah, that's what's off my skills. Yeah. It has been productive time. Indeed. And it's not even the end of the month. No. What's going on? Where has this productive time come from? I don't understand. Yeah, I was on like I was on a video call today with an external stakeholder person for my job. And they were like, oh yeah, you know, Easter's coming up. Ugh. And I'm like, I'm like, I think you'll find it is still January. Yeah, I think you'll find it's Easter last year. Yeah, thank you. And I mean, to be fair, today Glasgow has gone through all four seasons in quick succession. Oh my god, twice. we had twice over. We had hailstones like a centimeter in diameter earlier. It was mad. Twice today, twice today we've had that. We have also had gale force winds. We have had glorious sunshine. The temperature has been above 10 degrees. It's, yeah. It's, it's, there's a thing like March and April are mad. Like the weather just doesn't make sense. We have, we have pretend spring, right? Mm-hmm. We have, we have pretend luring you into a false sense of security spring sometime in February. Yeah. Then we go plunge into cold, which we had. Mm-hmm. Then we'll usually have another week of glorious weather where like you're like oh this is definitely spring this time which we had and it was lovely and then you have a week like this where it hailed so hard on tuesday it set the car alarms off (laughs) (laughs) oh glasgow uh yes but it's also a pain because you can never work out what knitwear to work Mm -hmm. but i've done more outfit changes than i do on a normal day and i mean for context I do a lot of outfit changes. (laughs) (laughs) I am vain. I live life like I'm a flipping, you know, Britney Spears in Las Vegas or something. 
<laughs> and I've had even more outfit changes because of the weather this week with the yarn and then it were. Yeah. I think I've probably worn like every single sweater that I've ever knit for about 10 minutes tops today. <laughs> Each. I did see your beautiful Amma sweater selfie. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I was wearing that because I can't remember if I mentioned it last episode, but I extended the bottom of it a bit because mm-hmm. I had some of the yarn left over in my stash and I was like, there's not enough to actually do anything with it. So I was like, stuff it. So t- this is this to my amber because <laughs> apparently taking scissors to my projects is what I do now. Yes. Um, and yeah, added a week, added the rest of it basically. So I was wearing it and I was wandering around and I just kept stroking the neckline and Phil was just all like, You've been watching way too much Once Upon a Time because that is very like Evil Queen. <laughs> I just wander around stroking my neck, but it's fine because I put it on Instagram and Maddie. I was like, "Does anyone else do this?" And Maddie, the designer, straight up about, I was like, oh, "I do that." <laughs> yes, that's a thing. It's soothing. It's self-soothing. So if anyone has doubts about knitting the Amma sweater, not only is it a fun knit, but afterwards it is very soothing to just wander around stroking the neckline. You will feel chill. Yeah. You'll feel calm. Yeah. Yeah. Just saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Theoretically, for this episode, we have planned chat and we are yes. going to talk about bodies. Yep. And size and inclusivity and stuff. So consider this your content warning now. Mm-hmm. But I think before we jump into that, we should probably do the serious thing about Ravelry first. That way, anyone wanting to skip the body stuff can just cut it off here. Aye. So it is currently not yet the end of March when we are recording, but it probably will have been by the time this gets put out on the 31st of March. I think that's the last day that Classic Grav is going to be available. So, yeah. And you're way more aware of this than I am because I've been jumping around different social media accounts for work, so I've only seen part of it, but what has the chat been on social media so there's going to essentially be a three-day don't use rav from the 31st of march to the 2nd of april for people that can still use rav uh as many of us can't we're not using the term boycott ravelry because that's what the maga yeah because i know twats used back when trump support was banned um so we're not using boycott ravelry but We're just not going to use Ravelry between March 31st to 2nd of April. I'm already not using Ravelry, but the intent is for people that are, is to show Ravelry the numbers, essentially, because they they don't care. That people are being hurt by the website. A stupid article came out. Oh, that New Yorker thing. Yeah, where Cassidy basically was like, oh, it all seems a bit silly now. And it's like, well, all the people that are still having migraines and eye strain and who can't use the website, it's not silly yeah. to us. Well, I caught that. And I don't I don't know if it was Cassidy or Jess that said it, but it was the idea that everyone's response to the pandemic was being fed into everything that happened with Rav. And it was, oh, it's just stress. It's just stress that's causing the migraine. And fuck off. They basically said, they basically parroted the whole Mm -hmm. everyone's being hysterical without actually saying the word. And I'm just over it. Like, I will never trust them again. 
the way that they have reacted to this has been horrendous, especially when you counter it with something like, for example, someone posted a thread yesterday or the day before about Payhip not being as accessible as it could be. Mm. And Payhip responded. And within 24 hours, they were like, right, the issues that you've brought up have all been fixed. And they were like, we're going to make a commitment to make sure that we make the site even more accessible because it's something that we've learned we need to deal with, even though it's going to be a really big challenge, we're going to do it. That is the response of a website that gives a shit about the people that use it. Oh, for sure. You know? So, yeah. Ravelry from the 1st of April. Loads of people aren't going to be able to use it again. And they are testing this dark mode. But the dark mode isn't true dark mode and actually is worse for a lot of people. So they don't care. They're not going to hire an expert. They're are other places to go like that actually care about their users well-being so to me i'll never go back (sighs) but yes it's important to bring it up i think to remind people and some people don't even really know what's going on and i'm just like how can it have been nearly a year like it's what june last year yeah and so many people think we're liars and it's like, well, we're not liars. Like, ugh, it's very frustrating. <sighs> Sorry, just got on me high horse and had a good old vent there. I, th- I, think you, I think you are more than entitled. Yeah. Louise of um, Willwork, episode 130. Mm-hmm. She talks about Ravelry and what's happened and um, outbreaking. Yeah. I had a wee cry alongside as I was listening. I feel like she captured the emotion of it very well. Like, as much as I'm angry, I'm mostly just overwhelmingly sad about it. (sighs) But there are other places to go. And... uh, It's just finding those places now. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Fiber Club. And, you know, in the meantime, there's places like Payhip. There are hashtags like groups yep there are hashtags like off-rav designers places where we can find patterns and stuff so we'll yeah, all I think- get used to it so we had to re-record this bit in case the sound is different etc because when we first recorded this we clearly had a lot of waffling to get off our chests and at that point perhaps the alcohol had got to our heads yeah and never mind the waffling we kind of just said what essentially amounted to a lot of buzzwords around bodies (laughs) yeah we didn't really say anything that no one else hadn't said better probably even us in our old worthness episode yeah and even then like that's three years ago yeah episode 29 october 2018 so this is us revisiting that three years on because who doesn't want to recycle content? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I feel like a few people have been talking about this and actually between our last recording and now, Carrie Westerman has announced that she's going to be doing a talk with Indigo Dragonfly 
about this as well online so it's worth going to check out Carrie's website for details because Indigo Dragonfly is an awesome plus size designer it's I can tell you this now it's 27th of April and tickets are six pounds and I know this because I booked mine as soon as I saw it come up on Carrie's Instagram because (laughs) it's going to be amazing yes Mm -hmm. I'm really looking forward to it and I also feel like I've seen quite a few people talking about this again podcast fave Angie of Gamer Crafting has also posted some stuff about like why you should knit sweaters for yourself she posted a really funny like awesome reel in one of her knitted bralettes that's really awesome you should go and check it out I feel like maybe because we're now looking at the slow easing of lockdown Mm -hmm. perhaps it's coming to people's minds a bit more Potentially. And I suppose the other thing is we're theoretically entering spring slash summer. Mm-hmm. And even without lockdown, you'd ever inevitably get the uh, delightful refrain of, oh, get bikini ready, get beach body ready. Blech. All bodies are beach bodies. Yep. 100%. Even if your body is a landlocked body and nowhere near a fucking beach, it is a beach body. <laughs> Uh, I mean, okay, maybe you're, maybe it's more of a bath body or a pond body. Who the fuck cares? Way, Bog body. body. Oh, I like that. Yes. I don't think we live near any bogs, though I suppose, like, if I go up to the park and churn around enough mud. Yeah, there's that little bit of the park that is very muddy. We know this because our friend's dog uh, likes to go neck deep in it, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> that's it like that's that's my gender is bog body but i mean the point is though like you only need to go neck deep in the mud if you want to mm-hmm. if you don't want to go neck deep that's fine too yeah and you know what it annoys me that we get all these messages when it's just like actually we've just all been locked indoors mm-hmm. surviving a pandemic like, fuck worrying about what your body looks like in a bikini. Exactly. So I think we're partly revisiting because of that. And I think it's also good to revisit the topic anyway, because obviously a lot has happened since 2018. Yep. I think a lot of the way we talk about bodies and size and fat phobia and thin privilege... Is that a thing? Yeah, anti-fat bias. I thought so. Anti-fat bias. See, language, everything has evolved since then. And I think it'd be kind of... Silly? Not even silly. I think it would be remiss of us to just leave everything where it was in 2018. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because when I was looking at this, I realised that we released it in October 2018, which is around about when I got pregnant and my body changed entirely. So for me, Mm -hmm. it was like a real watershed kind of Mm -hmm. moment because my relationship with my body changed entirely from Mm -hmm. then on, basically. That's a very good seek into what we're going to talk about. Yeah. And how we decided we're going to like theme this section. Yeah, we kind of, we had a good waffle. It was very generic and we didn't say anything of any worth really. And that was when we decided actually that perhaps we should more 
think about our own experiences because they've been very different over the last two and a half years yeah for sure so this is gonna have just some content warnings regarding things Mm -hmm. like pregnancy and body image disordered eating yeah i will discuss stuff that happened during my pregnancy etc so yeah october 2018 yep i think i just i just got back from being on holiday and i was in the process of losing weight i was pretty happy with where i'd got to in november i discovered Mm -hmm. i was pregnant and i think within two weeks of finding out i was pregnant so like i think by like week five or six of my pregnancy i was uh pretty ill had lovely lovely morning sickness that completely wiped me out and um i think that lasted until about the february so i was not well i was off work for like two months it was not a good time and i lost half a stone because I couldn't, mm-hmm. because I could not eat. And then my sickness mostly dissipated. I ended up in hospital at one point with it, <laughs> but it was mostly, it mostly dissipated. And I put on quite a lot of weight. And then I had the boyo. I lost some weight. I've put that weight back on. You know, I'm now at my heaviest. I'm covered in stretch marks. I have a big C section scar. But. It kind of made me go, wow, my body did a, an awesome thing, you know? And I breastfed for, well, I think he was fully weaned by about 14 months. And everyone, the nurses, the midwives, everyone was like, oh, breastfeeding, you'll lose weight. You'll lose weight. You're going to lose weight. It's the best thing about breastfeeding. You're going to lose weight. You're going to lose loads of weight. It was the opposite for me because I became ravenous i literally could not stop eating because i was producing this milk for this <laughs> baby that never stopped eating so my body was going food i need food i need constant food so i put on quite a lot of weight when i was breastfeeding and that was like people were like oh you must be doing it wrong or whatever and i'm like no actually this is a thing. like this is a thing a lot of people put on weight when they're breastfeeding but no one ever mentions that. Like, I'm not shocked about that. Like, people actually said that to you. Yeah, like, oh, you shouldn't be putting on weight if you're breastfeeding. Like, that's not how it should work. It's like, well. And with, with these healthcare professionals? Oh, just people. Just like, I, f- I don't even really remember. I just remember the comments. But that is, just, yeah. that is horrible. Yeah. But over the last two and a half years, my body's completely changed. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I'm not at my heaviest ever. But my body did this amazing thing. Mm-hmm. And then we got locked inside for a year. So I've had no... And when you're breastfeeding and then looking after an active toddler and trying to keep... You don't really have a chance to exercise much. And I struggled to get him outdoors because my back muscles are still mm-hmm. really weak. So my activity levels plummeted and stuff. But I've actually knit myself a few garments... And I think my relationship with my body at the moment is better than it was for a mm-hmm. long time, even though I'm at my heaviest, which some people would be like, oh, but like, there's no, like the one thing I've 
had to kind of come to terms with is the fact that there is no morality attached to a body size or shape. Yeah. Body size or shape does not make you a good person or a bad person. And losing weight would not make your problems disappear. You know, like it's not going to magically transform you into this perfect, happy person. Mm -hmm. And uh, knitting garments for myself has allowed me to explore that relationship with my body, I guess. Do you think there are any garments in particular that hold more significance or anything with you in that regard? I knit myself the swallowtail sweater Mm -hmm. and that's so intricate and it takes so long that it made me kind of be like, this is the, you know, I, I was very aware, like, this is my shape that I am knitting. But it was like, I realized there were no negative thoughts attached to that, mm. which was interesting. And I knit a ripple bralette. Mm. And that was like a wow moment for me when I put it on. And I was like, wow, I look amazing. I love this. You know, it it's just a bralette. Shows off everything. But I freaking love it. And uh, I've made myself, I've also started sewing and I made myself a few pairs of dungarees and I was on cocktail night on zoom with some friends and I had my ripple bralette and a pair of dungarees on and I remember putting on being like I'm just gonna be brave and do this these are all my friends these are my close friends I will be fine we'll see how I go I felt like a million bucks and I would never, even at my thinnest or my my lowest weight or whatever you want to call it, I would never have had the confidence to do that before. But I felt amazing. You know? You were very vocal about it as well. It was awesome. (laughs) I had had a drink by that point, I think. And Tipsy You was correct. And, you know, (laughs) you should totally adopt Tipsy You's view towards yourself more often, I think. (laughs) I also feel like my experience with pregnancy and stuff has made me more accepting of things that other people might see as flaws. So for example, my C-section scar, Mm -hmm. like that is like, to me, almost like a battle wound. It's something that I'm proud of, you know, stretch marks. I got so many stretch marks, but I actually kind of love them. They've gone all silvery now and like textured rather than like loud and angry and purple like they were at the beginning. And I actually kind of love the texture and the silveriness of them. And um, if I've ever, if I'm ever walking around, like uh, Jake will like lift my t-shirt up and poke my tummy. And even though it's, you know, a fat tummy covered in stretch marks it just makes me feel love because he grew in there Mm -hmm. and then he came out of there and my body did that you know Mm -hmm. it's very it's a very strange thing Mm -hmm. how it can change your perception of what your body does you know And the other thing that has changed is I started listening to the Maintenance Phase podcast. It's amazing. 
uh, hosted by one of the people that hosts You're Wrong About, Michael Hobbs, and then another person, Aubrey Gordon, who's also known as your fat friend, and she's amazing. And it just talks about, like, some of the myths of, like, weight loss and some of the things, the diets in the past that have been, like, the fad diet to help you lose weight. And the whole thing has just been so validating. And some of it is a difficult listen. Like, it might make you cry. But I would highly recommend you check out the Maintenance Phase podcast. It has definitely had a big impact in the way that I think of my body and the whole weight loss industry. They did an episode on Weight Watchers that just made me be like, what? Oh, it's so good. It's one of the more recent ones as well, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm still on my journey to body acceptance. I'm not going to pretend that I absolutely 100% love my body all the time and I wouldn't change anything about it because I feel like that's an unrealistic goal that a lot of like the body positive movement tries to push Mm -hmm. is that you have to be 100% in love with your body all the time. I discovered the body neutrality movement. You're basically like, you don't have to feel positive or negative about your body. You can just be neutral about it and that's okay which was also a bit of a light bulb moment because i was like cool the body a body is the vessel that i live in Mm -hmm. it has no reflection on me as a person and i can just accept that and just accept it is my vessel and this is what it looks like and i don't have to have feelings either way on that but Knitting and sewing my own garments has definitely felt like a bit of a personal revolution, especially because I can stick my fingers up at the plus size shops, which are the places that I have to shop now that all just make super feminine, shittily made crap. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, if I want to make myself dungarees in the non-binary flag, I'm going to make myself dungarees in the non-binary flag. Thank you very much. And they look really ethical. I love them. I love them. I've got an idea for like the next stuff that I want to make, but I need nice. to some stuff out. But yeah, it's just been really empowering. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it feels like my own little revolutionary thing to make my own clothes that for my body that I like. And I don't have to be dictated by people who decide the, the only thing that plus size people are allowed to be acceptable to be seen in. And I'm like, no, fuck you. I'm gonna do my own thing. Thank you very much. <laughs> I don't know if any of that kind of made sense, but I guess my journey has been, over the last two two and a half years, has been, I grew a human. <laughs> a human came out of me. The human fed for me for a long time. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that's over. <laughs> <laughs> and in the end, my body is here and it did amazing things and now I can clothe it how I want to and feel awesome doing it but I know you've had your journeys over the last two and a half years as well (laughs) I wouldn't say like compared to you I've gone on any journeys (laughs) or like maybe like a trip down the road to the corner shop in comparison (laughs) like everyone's everyone's different like journeys with their body are completely and utterly valid 
and as important as everyone else's. For sure. I mean, I think on my end of things, I have spent the last couple of years, like, I think even maybe slightly before you got pregnant, sort of working through, like, beginning to work through internalised fat phobia and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think it's only sort of, like, in the last couple of months that I've kind of gone, oh, that's actually what that was. (laughs) Great. So, I mean, like, I mean, where do I begin? Yeah, so I've always been top range of straight sizing lower end of plus size so i've i've been able to shop in two different places either way the clothing from both never really fit me that great in hindsight mm-hmm. so i i watched Ka- carrie westman's latest in conversation webinar with kate Avery and natalie warner and I think it was Natalie that said recently, like, we're all kind of conditioned to wear clothes that just don't fit us properly. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, I look at my wardrobe now and I look at other clothes that I've worn growing up. And yeah, that, that's a fun one. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I remember I did textiles for GCSE. But the patterns that were available to my tutor at the time, I don't, I don't know how great they were. But certainly, like, the clothes that I got to make for myself for my final project, I wouldn't say that they necessarily fit very well anyway. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't I wasn't a bad sewist. Mm-hmm. But I don't think GCSE textiles is necessarily the place to learn how to completely alter pants to fit your body. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of put me off. That's, that and a number of things have put me off sewing. <laughs> but, yeah, like, certainly... I've had a fun relationship with my body. I sort of like, I tend to use my appearance a bit more sort of like combatively in some situations, I guess. Mm-hmm. So like, I remember there was one guy I was seeing and I remember him being like, you're really confident for a curvy girl. Oh, I've never dated a curvy girl. Yeah, I know. But, uh, and he'd come, like, we'll, we'll, we'll put, we'll put those few weeks down to a severe lack of judgment and, security on my part but I remember him once like one of the things he had he had a thing about my hair and that I kept like I didn't have long hair at the time and every time he'd be like oh I preferred your hair longer I'd go back to the hairdressers and get another inch cut off (laughs) (laughs) and I don't know I think from that like at that point I was very much of a oh that thing this thing that you don't like about my appearance well fuck you (laughs) I'm gonna take it and I'm gonna own it and I think that's something that I've tried to sort of like carry with me, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. With the start of the pandemic, because I was already working from home on my PhD and I knew I wouldn't be able to go swimming, which was less of a sort of like weight loss thing and more just a, I like exercising. I'm of the L Woods mentality of exercise gives you endorphins, endorphins make you happy. Happy people just don't shoot their husbands. Bill is not my husband, but he ain't dead yet. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I decided, okay, I'm going to commit to this like 30 day yoga thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Um, <laughs> within two workouts, I worked out that I'm, well, at the time I was 29, I'm now 30. Injuries one does to oneself in one's early 20s are not permanent. Now that I'm over 25, now that I'm 30, even the tiniest little like twinge to my knee is now a permanent addition. So I'm learning that about my body. That's great. Yeah. 
and I've already got other issues which mean I can't necessarily do other exercises that I enjoy so I used to be a black belt kickboxer and for various reasons that's no longer a thing that I'm able to do mm-hmm. which makes me sad but at the same time like now looking back I'm kind of how do I put it I wouldn't say I necessarily view it the same way you view your body in pregnancy but mm-hmm. I'm very proud of the fact that there was a time when I could hook kick a guy in the head yeah and, you know, I could do, like, I could stand on one leg and, like, kick for five minutes if I wanted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I could do throws, I could do takedowns, I could do a leg sweep, I could do combat rolls, you know. Like, I'm proud of that. Do I miss it? Yeah, but, you know, that's that's how it was at the time. And this is a long, rambly way of me saying I started working out again. I have a massive, massive, massive thing for Karen Hauer. He is a <laughs> genius like her she is so good with fitness and workouts and things and I started just casually doing her YouTube workouts and I don't know there's something about the way she like she's just really gentle and friendly and upbeat about it in a way that I don't know like mum's Rosemary Conley DVDs never took <laughs> when I was a teenager <laughs> you know and she has abs I remember the first time you managed to get me to watch Strictly which was the year that Jay was born Mm-hmm. And I w- had nothing to do, and it was pre-pandemic, and you were like, "You need to watch Strictly." And I was texting you, I was watching it, and Karen came out, and I was like, "Who is she?" I knew you were gonna go for Karen. <laughs> like, she's beautiful though, and yes. and honestly, like, I have no desire. To... Do I want a body like hers? Yeah, maybe. Who knows? But I've got the one that I've got, <laughs> and realistically I'd have to do a lot of stuff to get a body like hers it's not worth it frankly however I've been working out daily for well over a year and I've got my own mini five pack and I love it and it's it's not a five pack like her like her 11 pack or whatever it's got fat on it and it wobbles and it jiggles so that's been a revelation in and of itself because I never thought that I'd be the sort of person to be able to like get muscle, like any muscle definition anywhere. But also it's not muscle definition the way Cosmo and I don't know, the one show and <laughs> Loose Women or whatever. Like, you know, it's not what they tell you you're going to get if you work out every day. Yeah. At all. Yeah. So that's been an interesting kind of contemplate I'm, I'm not upset about anything like I'm still pretty pleased with myself like you know I do my workouts I get my endorphins Phil is still alive <laughs> and yeah and in terms of sort of like how that ties in with knitting sort of like at the start of the pandemic last year that's when I really started seriously knitting garments and I think for the most part it was mostly because I had the time mm-hmm. but I think for me, whenever the sun, when it's summer, rather than being like, oh shit, I've got to get beach body ready, whatever, I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm fucking fabulous. Let's get the baps out. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think another thing for me with knitting garments is it's been a learning curve for me because I don't swatch. Swatching is for other people. But that also means that I've had some garments come out shorter than perhaps is ideal. And 
I'm stubborn. So rather than unknitting, like frogging them and re knitting them at the time, I was just kind of like, well, fuck it, it's going to be a crop top and I'm going to wear it over dress and whatevs. Whereas now I think if something doesn't fit me properly, I mean, I still don't swatch. <laughs> swatch Swatching's for other people. I just happily take scissors to projects, put them up and then re-knit them. Yeah. And I make them fit better. So I've just re-knit my little secret crop that I did last mm -hmm. last April. And I knit it a size down and it's not finished yet, but I can tell you now it fits pretty damn good. Yeah. I you think know? it's interesting because a lot of knitting patterns recently have, have been cropped mm -hmm. and or like boxy or whatever. Yes. And these are all things that I was always told growing up because even when I was growing up, I was always told I was too big. Mm -hmm. Never, ever wear crop tops. Never wear boxy tops. Never wear... And now these knitting patterns are coming out and I'm obsessed. I'm knitting the Caterline, which is a boxy crop top. I knit myself a Carbeth. I knit Ama sweaters. And actually, I feel much friggin' better in a crop top, in a crop sweater than anything else. Well, this is the thing, right? I certainly feel like for the UK audience, Trini and Susanna and 10 years younger and Gok Wan and his bloody how to look good naked and, oh, you have a triangle-shaped body. You have a turnip-shaped body. Like, get in the bin. Mm -hmm. Like, you have a body-shaped body. And mm -hmm. I kind of think knitters carry themselves differently when they've walked, when they've knit something themselves because we're proud. Like, we stand, like, with more confidence, I think, because we're wearing this thing that we've made just for us. And it fits to our specifications. It's in the fibre that we want. It's in the colour that we want. 100% like even if you're sitting listening to this thinking oh I don't want to knit a sweater for myself like because at the moment I'm too big or I want to lose weight like when you're wearing a garment that you have made yourself it makes you feel confident mm -hmm. it's amazing I, I, I agree 100% I mean for me I started knitting garments a couple of years ago and I'll be honest, my motivation was mostly, oh, well, I've got the arm, so I might as well, like, why not? And it never occurred to me, like, oh, I should maybe lose, I should maybe put on weight, I should maybe lose weight, I should maybe, you know, try and go up a cup size before I wear this, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. None of that ever really occurred to me, which is well, pretty lucky for me, I guess. But, you know, like, you shouldn't wait, because, let's face it, we're all going to be waiting for bloody ever at that point. Yep. And then this, the yarn just languishes in your stash, the pattern languishes in your library. And, you know, I think you're denying yourself something something nice. Mm -hmm. And it comes down to the everyone deserves nice stuff. Everyone does deserve nice stuff. And even if you're sitting sit, thinking to yourself, oh, well, I don't like my body. I don't think I ever could like my body. Like... What if your friend said to you, Oh, I've got this sweater that I want to knit, but I'm too big, I'm gonna wait? You'd probably tell your friend, What are you talking about? Knit yeah, it. Anyway. And you might just find that knitting a garment like it has for me helps you find a little bit more peace or admiration with your body, you know? Mm -hmm. Bodies do a lot of stuff, like mm -hmm. bodies 
process your food they mm-hmm. breathe air and turn it into like energy they mm-hmm. they do amazing things and it's not fair to deprive yourself of something nice just because you don't necessarily feel like the vessel you're in is the way you want it to be right now mm-hmm. I think another thing that certainly I find occurs to me a fair bit is that and this might be like from being at an all-girls school (laughs) but I think we're taught from an early age to be highly critical of our bodies and you know it's things like you know women's clothes don't come with pockets or pockets as deep as men's pockets and other stuff like that and we spend so much time hating on our bodies and wearing clothes that don't fit properly and trying to fit into this like tiny ideal and squabbling over, you know, oh, you look, no, I can't wear that. Oh, you look better in that. Oh my God, that bitch. Like how dare she wear like a short skirt? Like, you know, we're taught to do all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And how much time would we have and how powerful would we be if we quit that shit? Mm. Like patriarchy and capitalism. Yep. You, when we had originally recorded the first part of this, which was, believe it or not, way ramblier, you put me on to someone called Ponder and Ply. Who yes, does Ponder and Ply. Like amazing knitted designs. And I went onto her Instagram page, and the first thing I saw was her standing with two fingers up saying, fuck the patriarchy. And I was like, yes this right here I feel like taking control over what you wear by making it yourself or modifying or anything like that is is really revolutionary because you're taking control of something a lot of people don't have control over because all they do is all they can do is buy clothes at shops and you have no control over what's in shops. You have no control over the quality of the thing, the longevity of the thing. It's difficult to have control over how ethically the thing was made, unless you're very careful with who you're going to, to purchase things from. And I feel like your your clothes can massively affect the way that you feel and how powerful you feel. Mm-hmm. And being 100%. able to being able to be like I made this in the colors I want the way it fits the the everything that you choose about whatever garment you're making Mm -hmm. is a control that society doesn't really let people have Mm -hmm. and it's powerful and it makes you feel amazing absolutely I straight up believe in power dressing and I don't know that I necessarily believe in it in the way that it was prescribed. I don't know. But as far as I'm concerned, there is a garment for every mood and every occasion. And sometimes even moods and occasions that you didn't even know were possible. And sometimes that probably aren't appropriate for the situation that you're going to be in. But who cares? And for that reason, I own pleather pants. <laughs> For that reason, I have a specific pair of Wonder Woman knickers, which I crack out for job interviews. Yes. You know? Um, yeah, I'm 30 years old. I have cartoon pants. At one point, I had uh, a pair for every day of the month. <laughs> I have a pair of superhero pants like that. 
everyone needs them. You know, and I think the same can be said for knitwear. And I have my magpie tendency that I throw I throw on when I feel like, you know, being slightly badass but casual. Mm-hmm. Slub yarn is slub yarn. Slub yarn is casual. I've got my garland sweater that I knit last summer as well. And on the one hand, it is obscenely short and barely hit the bottom of it barely hits my underboob. And that's not from a fault of mine. That's because the pattern was not necessarily written for people with larger testicles. But it's really pretty and floaty and feminine and kind of fancy. So I crack that out when I want to feel fancy. And if I have a Zoom meeting where I think that there's going to be someone important, or possibly from the comms team, you bet I wear that. <laughs> and I've got my see-through ranunculus. Yes. Which is, ethere- which is, as promised, ethereal and floaty and feminine and gauzy as fuck. Bill doesn't want me to wear it out without a top and I think more. It is completely see-through. Oh, it is. And I feel like a total badass wearing it. Yes. You look like a badass wearing it. I love it. And do I have a body that people would necessarily say should be seen under the see-through fabric? Probably not. Do I care? No. I feel amazing. That yoke is beautiful. And also, sometimes I buy really nice sports bras that I want to show off. Yes. But it's too cold to get my diggly belly out as well. It's Scotland. So sometimes that layer of see-through mohair is what I need. Perfect. I'm not sure what point I'm making. Maybe it's make see-through knitwear. Do you know? I'm, I'm not saying don't. <laughs> I've I've thought of another thing that comes with wearing mm. knitwear that you've made. Yeah. And it generally comes with when you are around other people. Mm-hmm. But as someone that is used to getting comments on their body. When you're wearing a piece of knitwear or a, a garment that you've made yourself, especially around other crafters, you magically stop getting comments like that. And what you get instead is, wow, that sweater is beautiful. Or what did you make it with? Or those colors are gorgeous. And suddenly people commenting on your appearance isn't something that makes you go, it's becomes yeah. this exciting sharing of, oh yeah, this is the yarn. And this is, and like, it makes you excited then about your appearance. And that's one of my favorite things actually about going to yarn festivals is getting to share in the excitement of what are you wearing? When did you make that? Like, what yarn is it? That's beautiful. It fits you so well. Oh, it's so not like it is so, it gives you the biggest buzz where you're just getting compliments. Yeah. And I think it's not even necessarily with crafters as well, because non-crafters can be just as, complimentary if not more so because you know they'll be like oh where did you get that sweater where did you get those butt butt shorts and you feel like oh actually I made them and they're like you made that yeah oh my god and they're like you know how long did that take and oh that's so intricate and oh that must be so difficult and mm-hmm. at that point they come up like you know they're not just commenting on how beautiful that garment is they're commenting on your ability as well yeah like one of my favorite things to get to say is thanks I made it mm-hmm. that, that is just a phrase that makes me so inexplicably happy you know I feel like we need that on more pins I'm sure there's someone out there that has that on pins oh that's amazing if there isn't we should do it for sure 
And also, I want to say another thing because I just remembered it and I know it's going to make you roll your eyes and also laugh. But can we also talk about the tactile like aspect of knitting one's own garments, please? Yeah. And specifically how awesome it is being able to wear, first of all, you know, fabrics and fibres that aren't necessarily on the on the market, as it were, down your local pre-mark. But also, you know, the Amma sweater. It's got that beautiful sort of like bobbly necklacey effect neckline. Mm-hmm. And for starters, it's great because it means you don't have to accessorise. So it's one last thing to think about in the morning when you've not had your coffee and you're trying to accessorise for the day. And you can't decide if you want to wear a badass mahoosive necklace or a badass mahoosive earrings because you're a drama <laughs> queen. But you get to wander around just casually stroking your neck. Mm-hmm. Or if you've made a garment that's got, say, you know, princessy blousy sleeves you know you get to swing those sleeves around swish swish you know, fish. yeah and i said this on the drunk recording and i'm gonna say it again here you gotta wander around touching yourself right. and pip looks so impressed at me right now but like there's something very soothing about it but also mm-hmm. it's an additional reminder to yourself that you made this and you spent the time on yourself you know you've put effort and care into a garment that is for you mm-hmm. and yeah it's nice when you make you know when you make something for other people and it's nice when they appreciate that you know you've put all this love and care and attention and delicacy into a hat for them or a garment for their baby but like, think about putting that into yourself yeah I feel like I sound sort of like influencer now but <laughs> but it's I'm true really, I'm really sorry but it's true though we give a lot to other people that we don't give back to ourselves. And sometimes you just need to do it for yourself. Yeah. You know? So to summarize, we're both very pro-knitting garments for oneself. Mm-hmm. Just as much, if not more so, than we were three years ago when we first chatted about worth knits. Mm-hmm. And- I feel like it's even more important now. I don't even know how to articulate why. It's even more important. I think also we're still only two white people talking and, you know, there's other issues with regards to representation and how other bodies are represented and received. Mm-hmm. I, it's hard to summarise this kind of thing, isn't it? It is, it is hard to summarise. But I hope that there's been something in this chat I, I guess, like, it was more personal again this time because yeah. how, what can we add to the general conversation that hasn't already been said by other people, probably more eloquently? What we want to do now is... Get and- beach be ready, bitch. <laughs> Fuck that noise. What we want to do, I think, we were... Sia, you texted me after we recorded the last and you were like, we should do this. And I was like, Yes. I did text you, but I was drunk. (laughs) Well, I read the text and I was like, yes. Because I was one of these people that wanted to make a Ripple Bralette for so long and put it off and put it off and put it off. And then when I made one, I friggin' loved it and I think I look amazing in it. Is... Can confirm? We're going to do a very casual knit-along. So it's not really going to be like prizes and all that jazz. It's just going to be like a casual thing where we all can encourage each other yep though we reserve our right to change our minds and potentially give prizes if we feel like it in the future we don't know yeah we'll 
we'll see. We want to do another hashtag worth nits. Cow. Just using the hashtag worth nits for crop tops and bralettes. Mm-hmm. It's very simple. We're going to cast on on whatever release day this episode has. It'll be some point in April. Mm-hmm. I'd be very impressed if it was March, given that it's now the end of March. At that point, we'd have to go back in time. So cast on release date in April and cast off on the 1st of August. Or aim to be finished by then. If you, if you want to take a couple of months to knit one bralette, cool. If you want to knit several bralettes and crop tops, also cool. Yeah. I mean, I was sitting here before we pressed record and I was going, ooh, I want to make one with my Gamer Crafting Reverse Rainicorn. Ooh, mm-hmm. I want to make one with some of my like super speckle easy knits. Ooh, I might make a crop top. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, ooh, I might. So maybe it's going to be a crop top summer. Could be. From my point of view, I will be totally honest when I say that part of my drunk logic came from the fact that Angie at Gamer Crafting is one of my style icons. Yes. And... Angie at that point had released, I think it was a reel or a TikTok, I don't know. And it was wearing her framework bralette. And that's been kind of at the back of my mind for ages. But as soon as I see that Angie's knit it, I generally want it. (laughs) (laughs) Straight up, like, Angie knits a thing. And I'm kind of like, dang, that is a nice thing. I would like that for myself. But Angie's knitting for Angie, not for me. So, you know, got to do it myself. (laughs) And as it happens, I have some gamer crafting necromantic witch yarn in my sash. Yes. And I think I would very much like necromantic tits mm-hmm. on many levels. I mean, you're a yarn chromancer, so it makes sense. It is. And I did totally yarn chromancer one of my other crop tops I said earlier. So, yeah. It all fits the vibes. Yeah. Like, this is <laughs> this, this cow is all about vibes, guys. Yeah. In fact, you know what? If you've knit a crop top or a bralette and it doesn't fit and you want to cut it and unravel it and start it again, we're down with that. Yeah. And I say that because I'm probably going to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> but there are plenty of designers out there that you can shop from. Yeah. There is the extremely well-known Jessie May Designs who did like the ripple bralette the framework bralette framework. tops up there's ponder and ply as oh. mentioned earlier ponder and ply also has a shop away from ravelry for those of you that are shopping off away from ravelry yeah i don't think all of her designs are there but most of them are okay. including the daisy crop and it's it's pretty cool like it's a covered front but the back of it's kind of got cut out straps like there's three Ooh. of them Ooh. Pretty cool detailing. I have not explained this well at all, but anyway. There's Jacqueline Sislak, who did like the Ursa sweater. She's got a new set of designs coming out from Pom Pom Mag, and it's like yes. a capsule wardrobes. It's two very versatile knitting patterns that you can like customize in so many different ways, and, and one sewing pattern that you can customize in loads of different ways as well. Yeah, there are loads of people doing crop tops and bralettes and it's wonderful. So literally any, any, Mm -hmm. we have no specific request, just any. Knit one, enjoy the process and then enjoy wearing it. Yep. I think one of my favourite things about following people like Jessie May on Instagram is that she'll repost people wearing their finished objects and 
you know, I've said it before and I'll say it again, but I love just seeing different people wearing their bralettes and their shorts. And I love seeing how other people style them. Mm-hmm. I love seeing how they will use different yarns. Like it's, if you're not, if you've not got this on your Instagram, on your social media, whatever, I urge you to add them because honestly, it's just so joyous. And it's like, it's awesome when you see people like modeling them in the snow and stuff. Cause you're like your commitment to the gram. Yes. No, like it's hard not to like feel positive. I find looking at other people wearing their bralettes and things. Yeah, and everyone always looks so happy as well. So yeah, just use hashtag worth knits, and we'll be able to see it. And it's very exciting. Yep. Uh, next episode, we'll probably ramble about it some more. Yeah, probably. Probably we'll have some on our needles, maybe even off the needles. <gasps> Absolutely. And you can also bet that we will probably be posing like nobody's business on our Instagrams. Yes. And also, like, I'm a big, 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 big supporter of um, feeling cute, not believing that. Yep. You feel cute, you, you keep it. Yes. None of this delighting nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. On that note, I think we've pretty much said everything we have to say. So we're going to wrap this up. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, we will see you next episode. Mm -hmm. And uh, we hope you enjoy stash diving to cast on your uh, crop tops and bralettes. Yep, get knitting for your dips. Yep. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Tipsy Knits podcast. You can find the show notes at tipsynets.com. You can find us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram as at tipsynets. And you can find us on iTunes, Spotify and YouTube as the Tipsy Knits podcast. And if you'd like to, we do have a coffee page and you can find us at coffee.com forward slash tipsynetspodcast. podcast.